Today we're going to talk about uh, musings from a man who had a lot of time on his hands. St. Paul's in prison. And, uh, you know, the, the prisoners worked a little bit differently in those days from American prisons. Maybe they looked, worked a little more like Mexican prisons. I mean, people could come and visit. Uh, and uh, there were a lot of people that came and visited Paul in prison. And, uh, you know, he'd have a, what we call an amanuensis. Now, isn't that a fancy word? Well, an amanuensis is, it, it's, it's the scribe, it's the guy, you, it's your secretary that writes your letter for you. And so Paul, he often, he, he didn't write these letters himself personally with his own hand. You know, once in a while you say, I, I put the, the end of it in my own hand. But he dictated the letters and had someone write them. But he's got a lot of time on his hands in prison and he can think through what he's been doing. And this is not early St. Paul, this is later St. Paul. And so here he is in prison and he's writing and he's given instructions on what he wants done in the churches. This is maturity speaking. And here is what he says, and this is pretty strong language. He says, Titus, my son, the saying is true. I desire you to insist on these things. Whoa. Well, if they're going to be insisted upon, they must be pretty important. I desire you to insist on these things so that those who have believed in God may be careful, hang on, to apply themselves. With me? To apply themselves to good deeds. These are excellent and profitable to a man, but avoid. You with me? Apply and avoid. That's where we're going to go today, what we're going to apply ourselves to and what we're going to avoid. But avoid... And sometimes biblical language is just so graphic. Avoid stupid controversies. I think the old King James, it wasn't bad. I think it said avoid foolish controversies. I like stupid better. I have heard so many stupid controversies in my life in the church. I can hardly imagine it. But avoid stupid controversies, genealogies. That was a big deal to the Jews. The, who, the son of so-and-so, who was the son of so-and-so, who was the son of so-and-so. So you establish your pedigree. Stupid controversies, you're going to avoid that. Genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels over the law, for they are unprofitable and futile. Okay, now what he's setting up here is very simple. They're just two things. He said, I want you to apply yourselves to good works, and I want you to avoid, and he names these things that he once avoided. He says, I want you to apply yourselves to good deeds. Why? Because these are excellent and profitable to people. And why avoid the things you're going to avoid? Because they are unprofitable and futile. Pretty simple, isn't it? I want you to do these things because they're excellent and profitable. I want you to avoid these things because they're futile and useless. Now, it's pretty easy to set it up that way. Now, what does he mean? You know, this is really a simple homily to give, and sometimes I really struggle when I get here. It's so, so simple. Just in case, by the way, you think that, that he's only halfway interested in this, now look down at the last sentence in the epistle that was read today. And let our people learn to apply themselves to good deeds so as to help cases of urgent need and not to be unfruitful. Folks, 
This is really simple what he's saying here. I want you to insist, Titus, when you're out there in the churches while I'm in prison, I can't do anything, but I'm telling you what I want you to do. Insist that our people do good works. Let's talk about good works for a minute. I've, I don't know how many homilies I've preached over the years on good works, and you know it gets difficult sometimes. Well, what is a good work? I want to tell you two things about a good work. A good work is going to cost you either and or money or time. It is not going to be convenient. It's going to cost you something. It's not just some simple little thing. You know, it's not just holding the door for someone to go through first. That's nice, but it's not quite in the category of a good work, unless the person kicks you and knocks you down while he's going through the door. A good work will almost always cost you money, or it will cost you time and effort on your part. I read that, and I read this preparing for this homily today, and I thought, how do I want St. Anthony to be known? How do I want this parish to be known in this community? Well, I can think of some things I'd love to have it known by. Number one, it's nice priest. I would love to have St. Anthony known, and now I'm sincere, that it's lovely music. I'd love St. Anthony to be known for its music, and, you know, it actually is. Now, that's really nice. We'd like the church to be known for its priest. We'd like the church to be known for its choir. we like the church to be known for its nice people. What do I want this parish to be known for when people think of St. Anthony, when the name comes up in this community? What do I want them to think? That we are a people who does good works. You know, sometimes you really sweat. I don't mean perspire either. You sweat when you think, how am I going to explain what it means to be an Orthodox Christian? What does that mean? How do I explain Orthodoxy? How do I talk about the fathers of the church? How do I talk about the ecumenical councils, the fourth of which we are celebrating today? How do I explain all this? You don't have to. You don't need to explain it. What you need to do is to let your conduct be known. Let them see your good works. The gospel today is exactly the same thing. It's just what Jesus had to say and what St. Paul, what Paul picks up on. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Now, by the way, this is not a small issue. Why do we want people to see our good works? Why does Paul insist that his people, he tells Titus, I insist you get the people to do good works. What will it do? Well, it's excellent, right? And it's profitable, right? Well, tell me, or I'll tell you, at least one way it is profitable. It is profitable and it is excellent because of what it will do, it will bring people, amongst other things, through that door. You say, well, how is that going to happen? How would such a thing happen? Just because they see our good works. Why, in Jesus' words, did he want the people 
to do good works because they would do what? They would glorify their Father who was in heaven. Do you know what people do who want to glorify the Father who is in heaven? Let me tell you something. You do not glorify the Father in heaven by rolling over on your pillow and saying very quietly at about 9, 10 on Sunday morning, I'm glorifying the Father who is in heaven. What you do at about whatever time you need to get up to be here on time, if you're going to glorify the Father who is in heaven, you come to worship. That's what we do when we get here. Now, that's not the only way that the Father is glorified, but that is the basic way that the Father is glorified. He is glorified when the people of God come together. What, to celebrate our uniqueness? How special and how different we are. How different our service is than their service over there next door. Now, that's not the point at all. The point, whether it's Good Sam or St. Anthony, the point is what we want seen, that our light so shines before men that they may see our good works and glorify our Father who is in heaven. Good works glorify the Father and will lead people to glorify the Father. Good works are profitable and excellent in, in at least three ways. Number one, they are profitable... To the one for whom the good work is done. Now that good work is going to cost you what? Money or time or effort or all three. It's going to benefit the person for whom the good work is done because that person needed the good work. In fact, Paul gets pretty explanatory at the end here. He says, apply themselves to good deeds so as to help cases of urgent need. Urgent need is always costly, believe me in one way or another. Otherwise, it wouldn't be urgent. Okay. It's profitable and excellent to the person for whom the work is done. It is profitable and excellent for the one who does the work. Number two. And number three, it is profitable and excellent to the kingdom of God. Now, that's pretty good, isn't it? Don't you desire in your life, don't you desire in your heart to do things that are good and excellent, that are profitable to others, to yourself, and to God? We do this prayer at the end of the service about our building, that it may be profitable to us and to others, and to the glory of your holy name. Folks, good works are terribly important. And we need to apply ourselves to them I don't have to list a whole batch of good works, a checklist. Here's 43 good works you can do. You visit the sick. You visit the infirmed. You pray for those who need prayer. You give money to those who are in need, whatever. You know, good works, we are confronted by by them every day. We're confronted by opportunities for good works. One good work, you know, I love this. Uh, Steve Cashew and his team, we do the homeless feeding. Is that a good work? It's a good work. What happens down there is time after time when we're there, how many people actually thank us out loud as they are going out? Many of them because they have been benefited. By the way, they also like it when Steve's there. The reason they like it because his dinner's better than most of them. I mean, that's what they, oh yeah, this is, this is the really good one. 
They thank us. It benefits them. But does it benefit us? It benefits everyone who goes. We have had, at the homeless feeding from this parish, we have had up to 45 people from this parish down there, and I don't think ever less than a dozen. And a lot of times our kids have gone. That's not the only good work. That's one we're confronted by them every day. And says Paul to Titus, I insist that you encourage the people to apply themselves to do good works, for these are good and excellent. You know, if people are applying themselves to, what's, to good works, to what's good and excellent, they really don't have time for the avoids. Oh, the avoids. How many times the avoids, rather than the applies, become the focus in a church? The futile, stupid controversies, the genealogies, the dissensions, the quarrels over them, for they're unprofitable and futile. I love this. How do you deal? Mm, you don't know how many times a priest thinks about this. The next line is the priest's favorite line almost in the whole New Testament. It says, As for a man who is factious, after admonishing him once or twice, have nothing more to do with him. <laughs> wow! You know what we'd get most of the time, don't you? A new priest. Once or twice. Whoa, boy, would it. <laughs> now, that's never even been an issue at St. Anthony. I have never had to admonish anyone. Not even the deacon. Oh, but I do like that. You've got to give me a little bit. By the way, there's another very profound piece in this lesson we read today. Now, as for a factious man, after admonishing him once or twice, have nothing, due to, nothing more to do with him, knowing that such a person is perverted and sinful, he's self-condemned. When I send Artemis or Tychicus to you, do your best to come to me at Nicopolis, for I've decided to spend the winter there. Are you with me? Ah, this is for free. Do your best to speed Zenus the lawyer and Apollos on their way. Now, there's ways, dear lawyers, that we can interpret this. It says, do your best to send them on their way. Now, exegetically, see, that's the fancy word for reading out of the text. We could say, well, he's exhorting them to benefit these men. Now, also, I could say, Paul understood that lawyers need to be sped on their way. That was for free. That was just for free. <laughs> Actually, I'm afraid I have to say this. This was a good lawyer. That's an oxymoron. But Zenus and Apollos. Apollos balanced Zenus. Okay. Speed them on their way. See that they lack nothing. And encourage our people to good works. If I'm going to obey St. Paul today, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to insist that you apply yourselves to good works. For they are excellent and profitable to you, to others, to God. And I'm going to insist that you avoid stupid controversies, genealogies, quarrels, dissensions, debates. For those are futile and unprofitable. Why? Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven.